Dear Diary, today I interviewed Dominic. He's been volunteering as a few costume characters in the UK and hopes to one day become a sports mascot. Take a listen. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, hello. How are you? <laughs> Hi, yeah. Uh, I'm fine, thank you. Alrighty, so everything is working. The red light is on for the mixer. The USB is in there and I have my backup file. So, yeah. <laughs> that all sounds I'm good. so sorry. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll try to be a bit more uh, concise this time so I'm not rambling as much. No, no, no. It was so awesome. I still want you to mention the crazy moms and the height thing. And I just, uh, I'm going to start this from the beginning. Like, I'm here with Dominic and we recorded yesterday and something went wrong and nothing <laughs> saved. And I didn't have the backup file. So we're doing it again. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much <laughs> for doing this again. No worries. I'll try and not refer to the recording that happened yesterday if I can help it. <laughs> no worries. I mean, you can if you want. People will understand. We'll jump right into it. And we were going to record anyways because you wanted to add some stuff. I forgot shout outs and we wanted to touch on some things at the end. So, uh, But let's just jump into this. All right. Why, why do you want to become a mascot? Um, I want to become a mascot because when I first started looking into it, it just seemed like it was a lot of fun uh, and there was nothing more to it. But now that I've done a little bit, and I mean a very small amount of performing, I've realized that there's so much more to it than that and that I just really, really enjoy putting smiles on people's faces now. And being able to just sort of goof around without anyone knowing who you are. And I think that's what keeps drawing me back to it and keeps making me want to do it more. A lot of people keep mentioning that that you could just be whoever you want to be behind the mask and no one's going to know it. No one's going to see your facial expression. I think that's what's really liberating about being a mascot. And then, yeah, you just make people happy. Like, that's awesome. Like, even if it's tough on that person, you know, you're making a child's day, you're making, you know, a person's day, like just being silly and being happy. So, so how did you land your first volunteer mascotting job? Uh, so my day job is that I work in television production. And at the time I was working for a children's TV station over here in the UK uh, called CBeebies. And they had some Sesame Street costumes for a show that we used to make called the Furchester Hotel. And the way sort of events and these big public events that the channel would put on worked, they'd just ask for volunteers from across the department. I've always been the kind of guy that would see something like that and go, it looks like fun, I'll give it a go. I, I'm not afraid of hard work. And uh, on the first couple of events, I suddenly realised that there were people actually doing performing and by probably the third or the fourth event I can't remember exactly which one I was helping to dress and I was doing the kind of the assisting the characters so I was the person stood next to them making sure kids with ice cream didn't run up to them and get chocolate ice cream all over the costume or warning them if there was someone behind that they hadn't seen that kind of thing and then it was about last year I actually was able to get into one of the suits and perform and I've now I've done that with the um, with the station for about four or five appearances. I can't quite remember how many, and that sounds weird, but they do blend into one. 
and then uh yeah so that was the first one and it was as i say just luck more than anything i'd always wanted to do it but uh the opportunity just sort of came through work and if to be honest if i hadn't have got that i don't know how you'd get that first gig so that led on to another gig correct because once you got experience i mean you were able to you know say like hey i have this experience with these characters you know i can i could definitely you know help you out if you need a mascot over here so that led to another they take you a lot more seriously when you say i know it's hot i know you can't see anything i've done it here here and here and at least in this country the uh, cbb's and the bbc that's a big well-known brand so if they go there oh you've worked for them and you've done it it did help a lot in opening doors and yeah so since then uh, I did a a charity run uh, a cancer research winter run in Manchester last month and that I was their sort of brand new mascot that they'd never used before and I was just sort of in the event village and at the start and finish lines uh, just sort of helping support that and do photos. And again, there were lots of kids there. We did a, a two and a half K mini run as well. And uh, lots of families who did that. And yet I don't think I'd have got that if I hadn't have done the, the BBC stuff. And at the same time, I've recently had an audition at a company. I can't say the name of, unfortunately, but they do uh, brand mascots. So that's Again, more TV characters, if you think of any corporate mascot that is kind of large, larger than life or has a large following. So like video game characters and things like that. This company not only manufactures them, but they also supply the performers. And fingers crossed, I think I might be in on that, but I've got to wait and see, basically. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping that something comes through for you. Like, I'm really uh, hoping that that works out. And can you describe like how you went in and you saw the suits? Because I just thought that was, that was so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so there were probably nine or ten of us at this audition. And they did a whole sort of tour of the, the facility down in London. And then towards the end of it, when we actually did the audition, they took us into this big warehouse. And it was just costume rail upon costume rail of all these TV characters, all the ones that I grew up watching in, in like cartoons and things as a kid, just sort of hanging lifeless there. Yeah. It, it was a bit weird, I must admit. It did creep me out a bit. And there were all these heads just on the, on the side of the wall, sort of on hooks, again, just waiting for someone to perform in them. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think that was one of the, might have been one of the parts that they were like, did, did that weird you out? No. <laughs> You said out of all those costumes, you can give the number because I forgot. But you, I remember that you said out of all those, you only fit into five. Like how many costumes were there? Yeah, I think it was about that. So they have hundreds. I think they have two or three hundred. Not all of them are in regular use. I'd say probably 70 or 80 are the characters that they would advertise on their website and things. But yeah, out of them, I can fit into five because I'm a very tall person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm six foot two, and that makes for a very tall mascot when you add the head on top of that. Do you think that's been like your biggest challenge, or? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of times I've gone in and tried a costume on, or I've got quite far with uh, getting in with a charity or a company or whoever it is, 
to just find out that the costume's designed for someone who's five foot three and there's no way I can fit in that. In fact, the uh, the costume I wear for CBBS is actually meant for someone who's five foot eleven, and I just sort of squeeze into it. <laughs> I reckon there's about half a centimeter clearance before a scene will show, so I'm good. But it is, yeah, I'm very lucky that uh, that team were able to sort of just go, well, let's just try it on and see, and didn't just say, no, it's for five foot eleven, you can't do it. Yeah. which I know some companies have done, which is most frustrating because I know there's often a bit of margin in those measurements. I know they're very strict on the height and everything, whether you go to Disneyland, whether you go to Knott's Berry Farm. I actually looked into being a character at Knott's Berry Farm because I love Knott's Berry Farm. I love Charlie Brown. And <laughs> that's where all the Snoopy characters and the Peanuts characters are. And yeah, it yeah. was 5'3 and under. And I was like, what? Like I'm 5'4, so I wouldn't even be able to, to make that. And just looking at all the the mascots around here with Bailey and Chuck and Cosmo, no offense, but they're kind of short. They're at, I look at the shoulder height and I'm like, dude, I'm five four. You're maybe your shoulders maybe two inches above mine. You've got to be like five seven at the tallest, right? And so yeah, I, the uh, the mascot I saw last night was a bit like that. Uh, we touch on it a bit later, but I have been chatting to Dan. Uh, to Danny from the <laughs> podcast a couple of weeks ago and he suggested I go to this game uh, a local hockey team that I hadn't been to before and yeah their mascot uh, I think he saw out the mouth which means he must have come up to about my shoulder height inside it yeah <laughs> and I'm just going oh <laughs> well we can get into that right now so I'm so excited because you were the one that asked to, you know, reach out to a UK mascot because you were trying to get some advice to get into the business. So I had Scorch on and I, and I talked to Danny and he was really awesome. And then you reached out to him. So how's how's that been going? <laughs> I feel a little bit sorry for him. I feel I might have been pestering him a bit, but <laughs> he's been very, very nice and very friendly about it all. And as I say, he suggested I go and see uh, the Storm, the local hockey team here and Although I didn't get to speak to the mascot or even managed to get a selfie with him. I, I chased him down all game, but didn't manage it. Um, I have managed to speak to the team behind the uh, the operations on the night. And it's too late in the season to do anything now. They've only got, I think, one home game left and then playoffs. But it's something that's probably I'm going to try and pursue when the season starts again in September. And they, they know who I am now. And that's one good thing from it all. That's awesome. I'm glad that you got that contact info. And yeah, I feel partly responsible for encouraging you to be like, go get it. <laughs> <'Cause> you, <laughs> we were going back and forth and you're like, oh, he's all the way across the, the arena. And <laughs> I was like, just go. Oh, like, man, the rink was on two levels. So all the seats were upstairs, but they had this, the rink side had all the like concession stands and the bars and things. And every time our team go down staircase, I'll go down the staircase and then he'll go straight back up again and I'll be looking for him and he'll be walking above me and then be on the other side of the rink where I couldn't go uh, so the ticket wouldn't allow me over there and I was just like for god's sake <laughs> trust me I feel you it's when there's been mascots that I've never met before and I'm trying to get a picture like yeah it's tough it's like man I can't go over there or like where did they go they disappeared so yeah I feel you <laughs> <laughs> can we talk a little bit about your experience i feel like it's enough that you might have encountered the crazy kids crazy adults and crazy women and i just ask everyone <laughs> this so do you have any stories for me 
<laughs> I, I do. I think that's my favourite question. As I, I love hearing the stories from this. But yeah, so most of the events I've done have been um, very children oriented. I'd say more so than a, a sports mascot, say, would deal with. So the CBBS events are always at children focused things. They are normally ticketed events as well. So you're not going to get random adults there. In fact, I think most of them have the rule that you're not allowed in unless you have a child in tow. And that's that's a safety measure. But it does mean that most of my stories are with three-year-olds or two-year-olds. And then the overly excited parents, I guess you could say. Some of them, some of them are definitely more excited than the kids. <laughs> I've had lots. And uh, yeah, I've had lots of uh, middle-aged women and some men, but mainly middle-aged women who know far too much about the character I was playing, more than I did, and I worked on the show, <laughs> come up to me and want hugs and want selfies and just be absolutely over the moon to see uh, the character I was. And I thought that was a bit weird. And then I'd normally be performing alongside Elmo. And of course, Elmo's known worldwide and they would just completely lose it when they saw Elmo. Wow. And I mean, some were almost on the verge of tears and you kind of go, really? <laughs> oh my gosh. So funny. I mean, I get excited. I'm I'm guilty. And this is why I asked this because I am one of those women and it, it's like, why do you, you know, specifically go ask for the women or the groupies? Like, because like, I know like how women get, like I'm one, you know, I'm not saying everyone, <laughs> but you know, I've seen it as well. And Obviously, there have been stories, you know, that's my proof. But yeah, like yeah. I, I would geek out if I saw like my favorite character from my childhood, like which is probably like, hey, Arnold right now. I think like that's crazy or even Curious George like that. I loved like those books growing up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's like you get excited, yeah. even though I know it's someone in a in a costume. But I mean, it's you're just bringing I, that childhood memory to life. You know what I mean? So to be honest, they're my favorite kind of person, though, because they are willing to just suspend all disbelief <laughs> and they they think you are the character and your job's almost done at that point yeah. you've made their day just by being there and then anything else you do is a bonus the ones i hate and i cannot stand it's even worse if it's an 11 year old child who's just going there you know it's a person in a costume right yeah. and you've got these you know, as i say you've got these these young ones maybe three or four who to them you're real yeah. You might be big and scary because I'm, as I say, I'm a tall person and I have made a couple of kids cry just by being too big. Um, but yeah, they, they believe in you and it it's so disheartening when you're doing the thing and you just hear that coming from normally someone who's not even that close. They, and you just sort of go, oh, in, in the costume, of course, you're doing that, but you're still acting all happy and trying to still make the kids stay who, who's in front of you and just ignore it but that really annoys me like I understand some people don't get it some people don't want to be involved but don't ruin it for the kids that do yeah definitely do you have a story of one of those kids that you've been afraid of I don't know <laughs> that scared you at one point <laughs> again I think I'm a little bit lucky because in all the events I've done I haven't really had any of those nightmare kids that just want to come and beat you up, apart from once. I think that's not the norm. I reckon you probably get a lot more of those kids if you're doing it full time. But in my case, it was at 
It was at an event which actually was aimed at kids of all ages. And my handler had wandered off for maybe a minute. It couldn't have been longer than that. I, I didn't even notice she had gone until this happened. And uh, a group of three 11, 12-year-olds uh, sort of wandered over. And I could instantly feel something was off just by the way they were coming across to me. Um, I was out in the open at the time as well. So there wasn't anywhere I could really go to. So I just sort of went, okay, let's let's do this. And then they came in for a hug and a high five. And then the hug lasted slightly too long. Again, they, they weren't hugging hard. They were just sort of holding on to me. I was going, What's, what is this? I couldn't really see at that point because you can't really see down. So a lot of the time when you're hugging a, a small child, you look down when they come in so you know where they are. And then if it's a photo or something, you're looking up and you just got no idea where they are. You know they're there somewhere. You can feel them holding on, but you, you don't properly know. And then the next thing I know is I just get a face um, sort of peering in the mouth. I, I look out the mouth on this costume and he had the most sort of the biggest look of malice on his face oh ever God. and I just knew something was going wrong and then in this costume you've got a uh, the nose of course it's above my eye line because I'm looking out the mouth uh, and it's a big sort of Muppet nose so one of those big foam noses that's comically oversized and sticking out Yeah. and uh, yeah they tried to rip it off <laughs> now luckily I used my height to my advantage and they just stood up tall and then they suddenly couldn't reach anymore and uh took a step away and it was about that point i think um i can't remember i think someone stepped in or i think i just walked away but yeah them ripping at the at my nose it really got my neck because of course the head's completely strapped down so anything they're doing to the nose is going straight down my neck on the back of the head where the straps are and yeah it felt like i were trying to rip my head off (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And and you showed me the pictures of, you know, how you're strapped in to that that suit and it's it's really intense. Like I could I <laughs> it's like this maze. Like I could totally see how there's no way you're getting out of that. If someone's pulling on you, like they're pulling on you, not just the costume. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's very closely fitted that one. So it's it was completely different to the head and the suit I wore at the uh, the cancer research run which was one of these ones that had the hoops in. So uh-huh. it it wasn't really touching you at all. And then the head was literally uh, a hard hat. So no strap or anything. So if the wind blew or someone tried to knock it off, it would come clean off very easily. But in the in the Furchester Hotel suit, you're, you're, you're pretty much stuck in it. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, the mouth on the head moves, so... That's a great idea until you realize you look out the mouth. So every time the mouth is closed, you can't see anything. And so you've got a big, a big sort of bike cable going down your back, which makes it hard to take the head off, even when it's not strapped in. But they've also got clips at the back of the neck to support the weight of the head because it's such a heavy head, which sort of helps you stay in it longer. Yeah. And then a chin strap. So you, your head is completely you know, you move your head and the, the, the head of the costume is going to do whatever you want it to, which is good because some of the heads are really loose, but it does mean you're stuck in it and you can't reach those clips at the back. 
So it's really down to your handler to get you out of it every time you need a break. And uh, all the zips are at the back of uh, the back of the suit as well, and they're all hidden. Again, so the seam doesn't show. So they've got these sort of poppers that where the fur pops over the seam, and it works really well. You can't see them, but it also means when you have uh, a big head on as well, you can't reach your arm around the head to get to the back to even undo the back fit. So yeah, it's not one if you're claustrophobic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> When you were in the 5K costume? Yeah, the winter run one, the penguin. So, oh, yeah, I haven't said that yet, have I? It was a, it was sort of a, it was a very generic mascot. that uh, had just put the run logo on a vest on, and the Cancer Research Charity was a big badge on it as well. And it was a, I guess, I guess it was probably a, a stock costume. Still proper mascot one, but it hadn't been personalised beyond that. And, uh, yeah, sorry, what were you going to say? I kind of interrupted. Oh, no worries. I just, I mean, it was snowing, right? And you were still hot in that suit, right? <laughs> yes. I, I just think that's crazy because when I saw the pictures, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to ask if he was hot. And yeah, you said that you were so hot. And um, I just wanted you to touch on the incident that happened where you went back into the tent and to take off the, the mask. Yeah, I think that's still the worst. As I said, I've not done it much, but I think that's still the worst thing I've done as a mascot or the worst mistake I've made um and yeah that was so this event as I say it was a it was a 10k run and I was had free reign of the event village and the start line and the finish line and um the general rules was go and help start the races clap the runners in get photos with everyone anything else you do is a bonus and yeah I was expecting like a briefing to say when the starts of the races were, and that didn't happen. Uh, as soon as we were in costume, we just got bundled out of this little volunteers section of the tent, uh, of the main sort of marquee tent that had all the bag storage and the registration desks for the runners in. And uh, yeah, so we got bundled out of the tent. I was with another mascot. And yeah, we just sort of went and... Free, went free roaming around after a couple of hours as I say it was snowing which helped keep me cooler but after two hours or so I was really hot and needed to drink so I came back into the volunteer section had a quick look round, but obviously not enough went to the corner where all our stuff was and promptly took the head off I was in a an enclosed section of the tent that shouldn't have been open to the public and there was a family of uh, mum, dad and two six-year-olds in the other corner of the tent. Uh, the mum and dad were signing up to volunteer for the last race and I just hadn't clocked them when I went in because I had uh, no peripheral vision and yeah, those kids looked a bit shocked. Oh, no. <laughs> and it, I know you, you're never meant to, you know, spoil the magic or anything and I felt so bad doing it. But at that point, I didn't quite know what to do. I didn't know whether I should put the head back on and try and find somewhere else to take a break or or what. I think I ended up uh, just staying there, ignoring the kid as much as possible with the head off, because I thought that would be even weirder if I came over to him. I had the quickest break, literally chugged some water down and went back out as soon as possible. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. 
Uh, I've had it at other events where the area they gave you to get changed wasn't as private as you wanted. So there was once one of these conference rooms that had the sliding partition. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And uh, it was shut. And the other side of it was, I think, a storytelling session uh, with a children's TV presenter. And halfway through one of our breaks, the sliding door started to open and it was a it was a four year old kid. I think for, you know, young, he was he was an absolute menace, actually. He was running around everywhere, but he got bored of storytelling and went to open it, and it wasn't locked. Luckily, a couple of people who weren't in costume were on the ball and went over and sort of blocked the view and shut it and locked it. <laughs> but that was another uh, close shave, I guess you could say. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so do you think you'll continue uh, pursuing mascotting as a career? I definitely go continue pursuing it. I don't know if I could ever make it a career. Uh, again, my height limits what I can do in the, the sort of, as I say, the brand mascot side of it. And that's the only job I found so far that pays. And then if I were to do try and do that full time, uh, I don't think there'd be enough to actually live off. And then there's also the issue of time balance. Like I'd love to do it more. I'd love to do it regularly. But I need a job that pays the bills. And at the moment, that's a TV job, which isn't the best one in terms of uh, free time. They basically make you sign a contract that says you work five days a week, but you're expected to work beyond that. And I, I, I love my I love my job. I love my TV job, but it just doesn't really work at the moment with trying to be a mascot performer as well. So I really need to try and get that balance right <laughs> before yeah. I can uh, try and do anything more. I mean, it's, I think I said this, uh, oh no, I said it yesterday, but in, in the UK, there isn't, uh, universities and colleges don't really have mascots. The whole school spirit thing isn't quite as big as it is over, over your side of the pond, which means most mascot jobs are voluntary and I think even a lot of the football club ones are like the Premier League ones are as well I might be wrong on that but they're probably still not enough to get by on uh, and there's just not that route in there's not that massive amount of people who do it at college get the scholarship and then go on to do it it's just not quite there yet so it means there's fewer jobs and uh yeah just the attitude's different so people don't expect you to be paid for it <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah i mean that's that's understandable like like i understand where you'd be coming from in, in that sense is there anything that is a deal breaker that if you were to get into mascotting and then something were to come up you'd be like nope nope this is not for me never mind i don't know i mean there's there's if I end up at a, at a sports club or doing something regularly and I end up having to just constantly battle with people who just want to beat up the guy in the suit, I think that could get you down after a while. But you, you have to take the rough with the smooth. And I don't know, I think I've been lucky, but I might I might just be being pessimistic here and thinking that more people want to go out and hurt the mascot than they actually do. I don't know. I, I think the main reasons I do mascotting is that I like putting smiles on people's faces and I like I like seeing and winning over kids that are scared or making a child's day. There's a few mascots I've seen, a few corporate ones, which sort of 
I don't know, they, they sponsor gambling companies and things. And it's a very different clientele they try and attract. I'm not sure I could do that. Yeah. I, I don't know. It would take the main thing that I love about mascotting away from it. And then you're just a guy in a costume sweating away for no reason, really. So what is it that you hope to get out of mascotting? I find it does wonders for uh, my sort of my mental well-being, I guess you could say. Every time I come out of or finish after an appearance, I have just the biggest smile on my face. And that lasts for weeks at a time. So I didn't realise that until I started doing it. But now that's kind of the driving force behind it all. Not only do I get to make other kids happy, other parents happy, fans happy, whoever, but you can guarantee that I'm smiling in all the pictures, even though I know no one can see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would totally be me. I'm like, cheese, like smiling. It's like, but no one knows. No one can see mm. me. <laughs> Actually, I know I've been out a bit too long if I'm suddenly not smiling in pictures. I know I need to uh, have a quick break then. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> And so what do you think the hardest part about mascotting will be? I don't know whether it's for, for me. As I say, I've been hot every time I've done it, and I've been really hot. And I, I can I can handle it um, now. But I don't know what it would be like if it's a, a warm summer's day or something. And I, I think I need to get used to that. I've been told that gets better with time. Your body gets used to it. But I don't know. Uh, apart from that, yes, yeah, the time balance, as I mentioned, it's just actually finding the time to do it. Uh, I'm in talks with a couple of charities at the moment, um, trying to do, uh, they want me to do appearances, which is amazing. And they've actually just given me a massive list of dates, like eight. It's not, I say massive, massive for me. I think it's eight appearances between now and the end of summer. And I'm just trying to go through work and make sure that I'm not going to be somewhere else in the country filming then and yeah that's that's proving difficult just to get the logistics side of it and not absolutely wear myself out because yeah. I have a very physical day job and then a physical mascot job and I can just see if I do that too much yeah you got to think about yourself first and take care of yourself and make sure you don't wear yourself out definitely because yeah there's no point doing uh doing the work if you can't put your 100 percent energy into it because you do if you're just a mascot that stands there, it doesn't work. Yeah, You need to put a lot of energy and you need to be thinking on your feet. And I think if you do that tired or you're doing it and you're not in the mood because you've just done seven days at work and then you're doing two days mascotting and then seven days at work, maybe then you need to take a step back. And as I say, I'm trying to, I'm taking very small steps at the moment. I'm trying to work out what that balance needs to be and what I can do to make it better. Oh, yeah. So... You're my Mascot Diary super fan in the UK. You've listened to every episode, I think, so you told me. And in the beginning, you listened to the first five, like, back to back. So I'm I'm glad that you reached out to me. I was so excited that someone in the UK was listening. And I was like, what? That's crazy. And then, <laughs> So I just wanted to know, like, have the interviews helped you? And in what way? And if any one particular mascot, if anything they said stuck with you? Yeah, they definitely, definitely helped. I mean, just to hear about other people that do it. as Mascots are a secretive bunch. I, I bet you've come across that when trying to get interviews. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, so it's, it's, it's simple things like hearing that other people 
struggle with the heat or other people uh, find that stairs are their worst enemy or, you know, whatever it is and have those interactions. It's just good to hear the stories. And I'm sure even if I don't think I'm picking up things, I'm sure it is. It's all going in somewhere. Um, But yeah, there's a couple of bits of advice in the most recent ones that really stuck with me, actually. And uh, that was uh, Kevin saying that, you know, just don't have an ego. At the end of the day, you're a guy um, prattling about in a costume to make people have fun. At no point should you have an ego in that. And I think when you're trying to contact people, that's really, yeah, I've taken that to heart, actually. Because I, I, I ne- never, it never came across, but there's a couple of people I've been uh, speaking to or emailing, and, you know, it's taken one week, two weeks, three weeks to get a response from them. Yeah. And you've got to realize that, yeah, you're probably bottom of their list of priorities and there's no point getting upset at that. No, oh, yeah, I definitely feel you. Like, I mean, I'm grateful for the interview, but it took a while. And I understand because I don't know if I've mentioned this, but the person that runs the social media account is not always the person in the suit. And there's a huge communication disconnect right there. Oh, yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like dumb. I mean, you've seen I make envelopes and stuff and I send stickers out. And whether it's a mascot that's given me an interview, whether it's just one of my favorite mascots or just a mascot that I want to draw, like on an envelope or whatever, you know, someone that just wants stickers. I don't know. I feel like it's it's just a mascot, but it's it's a way of thanking whoever. It's a way of, you know, getting someone to listen or maybe even just check out one episode. I don't know. But I understand that it's silly and people are going to be like, what the heck is this when they get in the mail? <laughs> I'm amazed that those get through the mail all right. I don't know. I just imagine if they were done over here, I just imagine they'd get like rain on them or something and it would all run. Yeah, I'm surprised some of them have survived. And I, I don't think I drew anything on yours because yours was like the test run just to see if, if it would get over there. And then <laughs> Scorches, actually, the one that I sent Danny, I actually put it in another envelope because I had found some Bailey stuff that I wanted to send to him because he was such a big Bailey fan. But yeah, like we'll see. I'm going to send out a few other ones. And I mean, I glue things on there, so maybe something's going to rip off. So I don't know. We'll see if they survive all the way over there. <laughs> I'm amazed as well. As part of my uh, my job when I was at the children's TV station, you get kids sending in all manner of artwork and craft and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it we get so much that you have. Sorry, this is a really big tangent. Um, no you just see the amount of bubble wrap and uh, jiffy bags and completely overpackaged um, <laughs> birthday cards and stuff. And then I see your ones and they get through the post fine. And I look at it and go, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm definitely not about to send an $8 package like over to the UK like every time <laughs> someone wants stickers for Danielle's like uh I I will send you this you know and it was the smallest envelope and packaging that I can get I'm actually gonna send out a puck to a little kid like Blake on Blake on wheels I think was the Twitter oh yes yeah that's going around at the moment he's getting a lot of support over here and it's lovely to see he was on the um he was on the news uh, a couple of days ago as well. 
No way. You got to send me that link if you can find it, please. Yeah. Well, I'll look for it too. But yeah, I definitely want to post that. So if you're a mascot and you have a hockey puck or if you're into hockey and you have a, a puck that you want to send, Blake on Wills on Twitter. Right, let me double. I will double check that at the end of the show to, and post it in the notes just to make sure. But yeah, I'm going to send him a puck and I don't mind spending a little bit extra on sending that. Okay. So which mascots inspire you? I've got to really do uh, the probably the first mascot I saw like regularly. And uh, that was uh, Willy Wildcat at the at my hometown, my home team, Swindon Wildcats. And I must admit that he never actually did a good job. Like now I'm getting into it, I realize it's another. They've never really done much with him. It, like he'd be missing for many games, and no one would really notice. It's getting better now, but in terms of seeing how much fun you can have, like the person inside that was obviously having fun when they were there, I think. That was a definite, you know, I, I can't not mention him. And then when I've looked at uh, mascots in America and Canada, uh, again, I only ever really see what they get up to on their YouTube, so if they, you know, their social media, basically. So I, I don't really see what they do in the games. I see what, I see some of the skits and whatever they've chosen to post. So I often see the more, the more rehearsed stuff, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, uh, but I think the two that I used to watch a lot of, and I would say were the best, and this was a few years ago, and I think still really have it, although other mascots are now creeping up to it, is uh, Benny the Bull in the NBA. I don't know who, how many people they've got making the videos that he does, <laughs> yeah. but like their, their Christmas videos and stuff just from a from a technical standpoint let alone what he's doing in them are just brilliant <laughs> absolutely brilliant and then years ago this was i first came across slapshot when he was doing these sort of jackass videos <laughs> and just it was the first time i'd seen again a mascot really putting the body on the line for it because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I noticed that they often do like you often see them doing things you go like how is the performer surviving that or how is the performer staying up on two feet or how is he not absolutely exhausted yeah it's like you get um jackson deville does all the stuff off the light tower he just flies in and you go what (laughs) and yeah and then more recently of course having listened to this podcast uh, you're right i have listened to every episode (laughs) Uh, it's bailey and cosmo and again they've got the the social media just down in terms of talking to everyone and they really keep the characters going even when they're not out on the ice or on the on the football field and uh, yeah I think I'd love to be able to do that I'd love to be able to have uh, a social media account attached to one of the characters that I I'd be playing I've never had that yet and I just imagine that must be so much so much fun and it must really help like to just bring the character to life because it gives you a voice yeah. that you you don't have when you're performing. No matter how good you are at, uh, at your body language and hand signals and things, you, you can't have a full-on conversation <laughs> with, a, with a fan like you can on Twitter. And even if it's just short and brief and if someone reaches out to the mask and is like, oh, I saw the game and they... You know, they're able to communicate, oh, yeah, I remember you or you were, you know, doing this or I saw you in this section where it's like, oh, hey, like they actually remember me. That's making a fan right there. That's 
yeah. that person's gonna go and be like you know the mascot like he's a cool mascot he remembered me and blah 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 so it's just building your fan base and stuff i don't know it's good marketing right there so oh well, yeah you've got to remember mascots are a marketing tool at the end yeah. of the day like teams wouldn't have them if it wasn't for that <laughs> um but yeah i i, I struggled to think what um they'd have done before twitter and facebook really kicked off <laughs> yeah I know that's, that's something that, you know, I've asked mascots that have been mascotting for a while, like how, you know, Twitter has, has changed everything, like social media has changed everything. So, yeah, I'm glad I get to uh, touch on that with some mascots that have been mascotting for a while, you know. And I mean, it was like last night in my vain attempt to uh, get a selfie with Lightning Jack, I tweeted him and sure enough, sort of going like, come over to our block, I really want a selfie. And sure enough, he came over pretty much within a couple of minutes. I guess that's one good thing about it being um, <laughs> smaller rinks over here. Like you only ever have 3,000 people at the most in them. So the mascots can really get around quickly. And then I felt so guilty because he came over and other fans wanted photos of him, which is good because I was stuck in the middle of the block and the game was in progress. So I couldn't move. Yeah. <laughs> And he just sort of looked round. I think he clocked me. <laughs> and I just sort of had to go and sort of look at him and go, I didn't think you'd come this soon. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope I get an interview from him. <laughs> Whether it's like he gives his name or it's anonymous. Like, man, I want to <laughs> interview him. Because uh, there's, I mean, you posted that video of Chuckapuck. So we have Chuckapuck over here, but... It's just like you're throwing a foam puck onto the rink and you're trying to get it into a hoop. And yeah, the mascot's out there. But your version, you chucked the puck, a full, you set a full weight puck at the mascot. And whichever puck got the closest, like won something. And I was like, no, yeah. that's like, that's, oh my See, gosh. <laughs> I've seen that only once before. And that was at uh, another Manchester hockey team. But they slid the pucks from like the the zamboni doors on the ice and there were only a few kids doing it so the mascot was no real peril there this is the first time i've seen it happen where the mascot is the target and they're chucking it from a balcony you know they were above the height of the ring yeah. <laughs> above the height of the plexi so the pucks were bouncing about everywhere it was ridiculous wow I've seen it where people are not trying to get it onto the ring. They're trying to knock over people's beers. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. So I just yeah. think that's crazy. Like, oh, so anyways, uh, is there anything else that you want to touch on? Oh, one thing I'm struggling a bit with. And I don't know, this might be a shout out to any future interviews or anyone that wants to get in touch on Twitter is that. I don't know what I'm meant to do at the moment with regarding um, secrecy. So, as I said before, mascots, you guys are a secret bunch and for obvious reasons. But what do you do when you're trying to get a mascot job? Like, I want my Twitter to at least acknowledge that that's what I'm trying to do, but I don't want to give it away at the same time. And I, I, I don't... I. I don't know whether I need to just be really professional with it and just not mention it at all on Twitter and Facebook and just let emails and you know private communications do the talking or whether I can just sort of put my name out there. Yeah, so that, that's something I'm struggling with. And 
I don't know what the answer to it is. <laughs> I would tell you to just put your name out there. I mean, you're not working with anyone in particular yet. So who's to say that you are working with an organization until you actually land it? So I would say, like, go ahead, put it out there. But you can give out your Twitter. And if anyone wants to reach out to you, if anyone has any advice, maybe they can, you know, reach out to you on Twitter. But yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So my Twitter, I think this is right. Yeah, it's at Don Russell 92. That well, uh, that, that common as anything Twitter handle there. Um, but uh, yeah, so at Don Russell 92 and I'll, I'll make sure that you've got it so it can go in the description. Oh, and yeah, if anyone has any advice, I'd love to hear it. Uh, as Danny will probably testify, I do pester you a little bit, but I'll try and stop that. <laughs> I'm sure it's not bad. <laughs> so any shout outs? Uh, yes. I'm going to try and keep it brief. I could go on as if this is an Oscar award winning speech, but. I, I won't. So yeah, it's to two of my colleagues back in CBBS. So that's uh, Angela and Helena, who I think may listen to this. They said they might, <laughs> and they're the two people that actually got me in a suit for the first time, who were willing to take the chance on it not quite fitting, and could obviously see that I really wanted it. And uh, yeah, so without them, uh, I I really wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't be on this podcast anyway. And then this is a bit of an odd one. And I think this mascot, well, must listen to the podcast. And that's the way I found out about it. And that is a pause up in Edinburgh. So we went up there and I went up with some uh, away fans from another team who basically they had a load of games nearby each other. And it was going to be a massive um, drinking fest around the games as well. So we all went up and just joined them for the weekend, had a great time. But in Edinburgh, this mascot, just, again, one of those people that you can tell is having the best time ever doing what they do. And it just sort of, you could tell from a mile off. So I ended up following the mascot on Twitter after and then Mascot Diaries came up as the uh, suggested follow from that. And yeah, so again, if that sort of interaction hadn't happened, again, I wouldn't be on here now. And yeah, there's loads of people, as I say, who have been helping me already. So there's uh, Danny from here and I could keep going on. So I shut up now. But I think, yeah, a load of people have been really helpful. And I just wanted to thank them for that, even if they didn't quite realise they were being helpful. Uh, so like, as I say, if I hadn't seen uh, Paws performing as the way, I think it's a she, the way she did, it's a female <laughs> character in a way, I wouldn't have been on here. And, and uh, well, yeah. And then, of course, I need to uh, thank you as well for actually hosting this podcast, because as I said earlier, it's really helped. And I enjoy listening to it every Monday. Might not enjoy listening to this one because I hate my own voice, but... <laughs> You have to listen back. I don't know. I, I'm the same way. Like, you'll be fine. And I want to thank you for taking the time to re-record with me. Oh, my gosh. You get the biggest <laughs> shout out ever. <laughs> best <laughs> best listener, best interviewee because we had to do this twice. And the record button is still on. The backup still going. So <laughs> this will be out. And, yeah, shout out to Pause because um, that mascot did reach out to me. 
I don't think they were listening. They said that they were going to listen to the Scorch episode, or I don't know if they were just hadn't listened recently. But Paul sent me an address, and I'm going to send them some stickers. I actually had I was working on the envelope while I, I okay. You guys don't change the time over there, right? Yeah, because I think that's what threw off my time. Like, have you gone recorded, into daylight savings? Yeah, over that there? was today. That was tonight, last night. Oh, so that'll I think be it. <laughs> that's what totally threw us off. And I was like, no, we said it was eight hours. They googled it, and he googled it, and yeah. Anyways so yeah it's oh you gave me such a shock with that because as i said i was in the gym (laughs) and i was going i I can't do the podcast here i'm so (laughs) sorry and this is what i'm talking about listeners like it's been crazy trying to line up these interviews like it's always something but i appreciate you and everyone that's given me an interview and so yeah just thank you so much and have a great day (laughs) (laughs) oh no thank you And that was it for episode number 16. I just have one correction to make. It's at Blake's Wheels on Twitter. Check out his Twitter. Give him a follow. Send him a puck. He's in North Ireland. If you go through the post office, it's about 13 bucks. So if you have a puck and an extra 13 bucks, send it to Blake. It'll make him really happy. (laughs) I actually have an update from Dom. He started a new job, still in TV. He has a few more mascot gigs with the BBC and the Children's Hospital, and he's all set up with the mascotting company that we talked about. So he's just waiting for a call to do a gig. So still pretty busy, but he does have five appearances that are booked in the summer, and he's happy about that. So that's cool. Congrats to Dom on the new job and for booking some mascot gigs and getting all set up with that company. So I feel like that there are good things to come. Don't forget it's Mascot Diaries on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or any podcast app. Just search Mascot Diaries. And if you guys could do me a favor, if you could please write a review. I know I didn't ask for any in the beginning. I just have one. And thank you to that one person who did that. I I just didn't know how long I was going to be podcasting. So I didn't think, I, I don't know. I just thought, what's the point? And I don't know, maybe it'll boost the downloads. So if you guys could just do me a favor and and write a review. If you have any questions that you want to hear, you know, you can DM me. And if you want stickers, just DM me your address and I'll send those out to you. I think that's it. Thank you. As always, take care and thanks for listening. Thank you.